So today, on today's broadcast, I have a very special guest today, and it's special to me because it's my very first interview with anyone besides telling my own story. So go ahead and tell us what your name is. I am Michelle Barnett. And what do you currently do? I am the Recovery Ministries Pastor at Crossroads Community Church. And so give us a little bit of information about you. What was your early childhood like? Um, sure. I um, grew up in the Chicagoland area, and I had a pretty rough childhood. My mother was married six times, and so um, we have four people. We had four children in our family with three different fathers. One of our father, one of the, my stepfathers, was extremely abusive, so I was abused as a child. Um, and so I kind of just grew up thinking that that was normal. I didn't know if there was anything wrong with it. I just thought that you know abuse meant love. Okay, and so besides that, what was your family like? Did you guys have any good times at all? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we were a family. I mean, of course, we had good times. Um, for the most part, we weren't very close, though. Mm -hmm. um, we were left home a lot. Um, my mom was doing her best most of the time. She was a single mother, so she was doing her best to raise us. So we were kind of left home a lot. Um, there was a lot of fighting. And because there was no family structure, I'm not sure that we really understood what family love meant. We, we lived together and we thought we were close, but we never really developed that close bond that a lot of people have. A lot of it was fake, and, you know, we put on a, a fake face, I guess. So you're just coexisting we together. We coexisted, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there was love there, don't get me wrong. I mean, we they were my sisters, you know. Um, there was three of us that, from the same father, and they, they were, we were family. But it wasn't, it's like once I found out what God's love was, it wasn't a godly family. So we didn't have that God, like, you know, stick together no matter what type of love. So where do you fall in line with the siblings? Are you oldest, youngest? I'm the youngest of, well, there's five, there's Four, well, there's five of us, one passed away, so right now there's um, four of us left, and I am the youngest of three um, with one father, then I have a sister that is seven years younger than me, and then a brother that is 14 years younger than me. Wow. So are you close with your siblings or your mom or your dad at all now? Um, my mother passed away. My, my biological father... We found each other on Facebook, and we occasionally Facebook each other, but no real relationship. I haven't really known what a father's love was. My mother was married to my brother's father, um, one of my stepfathers, I guess, but by the time they got married, I was kind of out of the house, so we were very close, but it was never like a father bond type thing. So there was not a lot of um, family bonding in there. Gotcha. So... The other men that your mother married, mm -hmm. they weren't good to you at all. None of them. We, I don't remember them. Oh, okay. So um, okay. I only remember the abusive stepfather, and she actually married him twice. So she divorced him and married again. So he was probably the one that was, when I was younger, in our life the longest. And then once I had moved out of the house, she was married to um, her husband for um, probably like 25 years so oh. it was a long-term long relationship I understand so were you in a domestic violence relationship yourself I was um, I was actually married twice and both of my um, father I, both my husbands were abusive in their own way um, the first my children I have two children and their father um, 
he was abusive, not overly abusive, but it was abuse. Um, he, this was like 20 years ago, but he threw me down the basement stairs once and choked me. And I just remember at one point I looked up and saw my son's face as he saw his father throw me down the stairs. And I just said, I have to stop this. I can't, I, I don't want my son to think that this is normal for a man to hurt a woman. So I had gotten a divorce from him. And I'm not saying that, um, I, I wasn't the best wife in the world, but I, I didn't deserve to be hit, no matter what. I, and that's, I think, what I want to make sure I stress to women is that we can push buttons. And I'm not saying it's right to push buttons, but we're human and we may do that. But that gives no man a right to put a hand on us whatsoever, even if we're, even when we're pushing buttons. It's, it's, not, it's not right. And then the second husband was... Um, more mentally abusive, very controlling, um, made me delete my contacts and my Facebook, made me just do things that um, that I were just horrible. It was very controlling, very um, manipulative, very, he was in power, I was his submissive, I was to be submissive to him, that sort of a relationship. So I always say, well, um, physical abuse is bad. I think sometimes the verbal and mental abuse is actually worse because those scars, like a bones will heal and your your those scars, the physical scars, scars heal, but those internal scars, the scars on your mind, those words that go over and over in your head that you'll never be good enough and all those, those things don't heal and they stick with you forever and it is so hard to get past those words. Well, how did you escape? How did you, did you, I mean, did they let you leave willingly? I mean, did you use any resources to get away? Um, well, what happened is um, with my last ex-husband, um, we are, were originally from Illinois, and he, long story short, he had lost his job and had to file bankruptcy, so he found a job in Indiana. So we moved to Indiana, and once we were in Indiana, I found somehow, I found, well, I found God, I found Crossroads Community Church. Um, came to started coming to Crossroads here and um, I was still with him at the time this was about 11 years ago and one of the pastors here kind of took a notice of me for some reason I don't know why because I was very introverted I just I didn't know I didn't, couldn't didn't know where my place in life was and so he pulled me aside and asked how I was and I said I'm okay he's like no Michelle how are you really and I broke down and told him everything um, so he got me into counseling and he helped me develop an exit exit plan and so um, I started, um, I remember I was out in the parking lot, I, I left him, and it was so difficult because so many things had happened, and I was all alone and had no money, and he kept calling me saying, you know, will you take me back? If you take me back, I'll take care of you, but I knew that I had to get out. So I was in the parking lot at here, here at church one day, and I had a complete breakdown, and I said to God, out. I didn't really know who God was, I was coming to church, but I didn't know who he was. And I literally said to God, um, I need your help. And if you're real, I need a sign. Because if you're not, I'm going to take my car and drive it off a cliff. Because I can't do it anymore. And um, that day, uh, sorry, I get so emotional when I think of that moment. Um, I'm feeling emotional yeah. too. Um, so that day, I walked into church. I dried my tears, put on the happy face. Because, you know, nobody, we don't want people to know that we're really tormented inside. So I dried my tears. Um, and I went. And I came inside church, and that was the day that they were announcing that they, um, church announced that they were doing a Celebrate Recovery program. And Celebrate Recovery changed my life. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a program that um, was able to show me how broken I really was, and that God was there for me, and that I wasn't the only broken person in the world. Like, you just think it's only you, and, and, and as an abuse victim, you're ashamed. 
for whatever reason, even though it's not our fault, I was ashamed and I didn't want to talk about it because who's going to believe me? And um, so Celebrate Recovery taught me how to uh, how to talk about things, give things to God. And then I had this beautiful moment. Um, God's been working on my life really for the last long time, but I went to Israel and um, I got a trip to go to Israel, which was a gift from someone and it was the, the, a life-changing moment. And when I was in Israel, um, there's this place called Magdala where there's this life-size mural of the woman reaching out to touch Jesus's cloak. And I stared at this mural and I just said to myself, I started crying and I said, you know, if only I was that woman, if only God, if you were here, you know, and I could touch your cloak, then I could be healed and I could be forgiven for all these horrible things I did. And um, God audibly spoke to me and said, Michelle, you are forgiven. And now that you're forgiven, I have a job for you to do. And I said, okay, whatever it is, I'll do it. And so I clearly heard the words that he wants me to be pastor. I'm like, are you crazy? I have two divorces. How am I going to be pastor? <laughs> so um, I was obedient and um, I gave, I started going to school. And so, um, and now I've been the pastor for the past three years. So um, here at Crossroads, so it's amazing. Um, and all I can say is that it, I was so broken, so desperate, so hurting and I literally I got before I went to Israel I got baptized here at Crossroads and when I got baptized I said to God I know I'm not good enough to get into heaven because of my past but if you give me an opportunity I'll help other women you know and that's how my mind was so twisted because I thought everything was my fault mm -hmm. I thought that there was no way I could be forgiven for anything why would God want anything to do with a woman like me um, and like I said, I wasn't the best person in the world, but no woman deserves to be treated like that. That wasn't, that's not what God intended for a marriage, for a relationship. No man should ever try to control another woman. That's not what, what life is about. And so it took me a long time, but I'm finally there and I realize that now and, and I'm trying to help other women see that as well. Yes, I know. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. It's really incredible. Yeah. Have you ever like stayed at the YWCA or it was Safe Haven a long mm -hmm. time ago? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been there? As a, I actually volunteered client? at Safe Haven um, way back um, during my transition. Um, I was already divorced at the time and I knew that I had this past. And so I am kind of a control freak, I guess, <laughs> um, which is, I think, normal for when you come out of an abusive relationship because you can't control anything but your own life. You finally, finally realize that I have to control. I have to fix everything. I have to control everything because I can't let another man take control of my life. Um, so I actually volunteered there, and it really broke my heart. I'll be honest with you because um, I was trying to mentor these women, and these women were. Um, I had one hour with them, and I'd be counseling them or giving them a lesson, and they would literally be on the phone with their abuser, the who's in jail because, you know, and so it just, it broke my heart because I'm like, I'm trying to help you get away from this man. Yet he's in prison and he's in jail because he beat you up and you're and still, still talking to him. To, yeah, him. and that's normal. And, and, you know, statistics show that women go back up to seven times. It's just a normal thing. We can't, we don't know that we can live without them and we want to feel loved and we want to feel wanted and accepted and needed. And even though they're hitting us, at least they're paying attention to us, you know, and that's this, um, I call it a sickness and, and I'm one of them because I dealt, I, I did deal with it. It's just this thought that goes in our head that we'll never be good enough and no one's ever going to love us. So we might as well stick with what we have sort of attitude. I never, I never thought that my thing was, I barely had any money. Mm-hmm. 
where was I going to go? True. We feel mm -hmm. trapped. We don't have anywhere to go. They pay all the bills, mm -hmm. whatever. We feel like, well, we don't have anywhere to go. Where am I going to go? You know? Right. And that is a huge, thank you for saying that, because that is a huge thing, too. Women, they do. They feel trapped, especially because um, men can be controlling with the money, too. Mm -hmm. You know, you only get an allowance. And so part of the exit plan that my counselor had helped me with and, and that I try to help other with, you know, little things like when you go to the grocery store put away 20 bucks you know that sort of thing until you can start to build a little mm -hmm. bit of a, a safe haven um I, I know a lot of them is children too you know they have kids what are they going to do with their kids mm -hmm. where, where are they going to do how are they going to take care of their children and pets is another big thing women don't want to leave their pets because their pets are the only thing that they have it's like their security blanket it's their love you know so like going to safe haven is great because safe haven takes children but like coming some places don't take children and no pets and what do you do with your pets you know it's bad enough i'm leaving this abusive relationship now i have to leave my pet along you know home too how do i know that my pet is safe those are you know those are maternal instincts that that, that we have that are hard to get over definitely and i can definitely relate. Mm -hmm. I don't have any pets, but I had kids at the time, and I still have kids, of mm -hmm. course. But um, I was pregnant at the time when my incident happened. But um, so you went through counseling then? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I definitely um, recommend that because <laughs> the counselor he helped me see that um, because I, I, I again, it's the sickness. We think it's our fault, and we think that there's nothing we can do about it, and we think that. You know, because we've done all these things, there's no way that we can be forgiven. And our, my counselor helped me see that. Um, it was really, he told me this one thing where he wanted me to do a timeline of my life. And anytime the abuse happened, to think about that and write it down. And I said, no, I'm not doing that because I don't want to remember. He's like, no, 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 just hear me out. Instead of remembering the abusive situation, look for God. Because God was there with you mm -hmm. during there crying alongside you. And so um, that was really healing to me because instead of me remembering the traumatic event, I instead learned to look for God through that event and see that God was crying with me. So that was a big um, healing moment for me, you know, things like that. And that's what the counselor did for me. So he really helped me. He helped me come up with my exit plan. Okay, here's what you do. If you have anything important, start hiding it now, you know, because you're going to leave one day without him knowing it. So, so he came up, he, he helped me a lot. Have you ever had a drug or alcohol problem? I have not, but everyone else that I, well, my both of my um, husbands, ex-husbands were alcoholics, yeah. yeah, and my son is an alcoholic, so. So tell me where you are in life right now. Um, right now, um, I am the Recovery Ministries pastor here at Crossroads. God's my complete life. I just opened up a home for abused women. It's called New Start Home, and it's in downtown Elkhart, and uh, my vision and goal for the home is I want to give women, um, it's kind of a transitional home. So we're not a crisis center. It's not someplace where if you're in immediate danger and you need to get out of a situation, come there. It's more of go to the YWCA, get safe for 45 days, and then what are you going to do with your life? You know, because you're only allowed to stay there for 45 days. What do you do with your life after that? Most, a lot of women go back because they don't know, how, they haven't learned how to live on their own yet. You know, so my goal and vision is to teach women that God loves them the way they are, but refuses to leave them that way. And we're going to give you um, life skill classes and we're going to teach you how to balance with the checkbook, whatever you need so that when you leave this home, you're able to, to make a choice of you can go back to your abuser or you can live your life the way that God wants you to live your life. Definitely. And I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um I was going to ask you how you help others, but you've already you've already covered that. Are you still struggling today? 
I'll, I'll struggle for the rest of my life. Yeah, um, it's trauma and um, abuse causes PTSD in women. Yeah, and so yeah, there'll be I get triggered all the time. Um, I'm I'm married for the past eight years to an absolutely wonderful man. Found him in Indiana. Maybe that's why God brought me to Indiana. <laughs> I don't know, but he's absolutely wonderful and patient. So. Um, it's comforting to know that there are men out there that aren't abusive and that are very loving and caring. Um, so yeah, I will always, um, I, I've been in, in doing, I've been a leader at Celebrate Recovery for the past 11, 10 years. And I'm always finding out new things about my past and about these hurts that I had and that I buried. Because mm-hmm. it's all about, you know, um, there's stuff from my childhood that I didn't heal from yes. and I carried that into adulthood and I just kept, kept burying it and burying it and burying it and until I uncover it and give it to God it's always going to be there yes. and there's a lot you know so yeah I still struggle all the time now I know the difference between abuse and you know a loving affirmation you mm-hmm. know obviously but so I'm not at, at that trauma stage anymore but yeah I'll be dealing with it for, forever is it hard for you to deal with confrontation it was. Yeah. It really was. Um, before I really started finding God, um, I anytime a man would like raise his voice, even in even in an, like I'm in a meeting and mm-hmm. someone got angry, my whole body would shrink and withdraw. That was my comfort zone. It's like I'm just gonna pretend like I'm not here. Disassociation. I'm gonna pretend I'm not here, and then he can't bother me. I totally shut my mind off and I go somewhere else. Um, I have learned that. That's a trigger for me, so I've learned calming techniques so that I don't have to, you know, I can put, I can be involved in a conversation where somebody raise, a man raises their voice, knowing that it's not against me. Yes. I also had a really hard time before understanding that God is a father. I hated that word because <laughs> my fathers were mean and, and vicious, and and um, so like it, it would, it was so bad where. Uh, I would be at a wedding and the daddy-daughter dance came on, I would start crying and I'd have to walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, people would talk about God being a loving father. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not a father, you know. So that was something that I had to deal with and understand that God is the best father I could ever ask for. But it took years of counseling for me to understand that. Have you ever been in the hospital for the abuse? No. No, thank goodness. Have thank you goodness. ever called the police? No. Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. Did your kids ever suffer abuse? No, thank goodness. Um, not that I know of. Um, you know, we we were divorced, and I, they were with their father half the time. They never said to me that he ever hurt them. I think there was maybe some emotional abuse that went on, yeah, especially between my son and my and his father. But as far as physical abuse, no, thank goodness. Um, I got out enough. That would have broke my heart, especially yeah. you know being a victim of child abuse. That's one thing that you don't want to see your kids go through. Yes. I agree. So, anything else you want to tell the li- listeners? Do you want to promote your mentorship? I mean, can they come here and talk to oh, you absolutely. freely? Yeah, there's. Um, I, I just really want to talk about Celebrate Recovery first of all. Celebrate Recovery. We meet here at the Goshen campus every Tuesday night at Crossroads Community Church at six thirty. We we have a specific anxiety and abuse group, so we go through lessons and then we um, talk about things together in a small group. And it, it, I'm telling you, it changed my life um even if women that are so afraid to talk about it they see that there's other people that are going through similar stuff so it is a very healing process i would recommend anyone try it we call it hurts habits and hang-ups and a lot of people think that it is a 12-step program but it's a christ-centered 12-step program but it's like um 
a person goes out and uses drugs and alcohol because they're trying to hide a hurt. They don't want to face something. Well, us abuse victims, we're trying to cover up a hurt. So we're over controlling or we're overbearing or we're insecure or whatever. We all have our coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So it's about let, figuring out what your coping mechanism is and letting it go. And then New Start Ministry is through Crossroads, or New Start Home is through Crossroads Church as well. And right now we do have a few openings, not much. It's very small right now. But um, I would love to talk to anybody and let them know they're not in this alone. Um, where my, I always tell women, especially the women that are staying at the home, I'll never tell you that you can't go back to your abuser. That's not my job. My job is to show you that you don't need to. And so I understand if you want to go back, that's your choice. But I, all I can do is pray that I'm equipping you so that when you go back, you realize this is you can live another life. So that's New Start. It's called New Start Ministry. We're always looking for mentors um, to help the women walk alongside the women. Um, so they can contact me if they're interested in mentorship or volunteering or fun. You know, we're always looking for money because it is a self-funded ministry that God put on my heart. So things like that, absolutely. And they can contact me at crossroads.online backslash New Start. Okay. Well, Michelle looks like we've covered everything and I really appreciate your time it really means a lot to me thanks Rachel I appreciate it yes I feel emotional I'm sorry <laughs> that's okay okay I'd like to thank Michelle Barnett one more time for giving her testimony and I know it's not easy giving the testimony but it's something that needs to be heard so stay tuned for my next episode. And thank you for listening.